Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat, a podcast for all you wine lovers who, if you're like me, just cannot get enough of the good stuff. I'm Yanina Doyle, your host, brand ambassador, wine educator, and sommelier. So stick with me as we dive deeper into this ever-evolving, wonderful world of wine. And wherever you are listening to this, cheers to you. Hello to all you lovely wine lovers. Now, anyone who was listening to last week's episode will know I promised wines of India on this one. So, um, yeah, (laughs) I've been on holiday if anyone's been following me on Instagram. I haven't quite had a chance to edit that one yet. So I shall just have to keep you on the edge of your seat there and you should all being well get that episode next week. But for now, I have been sent some wines to try and they have completely inspired this episode. So they're a brand new discovery for me. Today we are jetting off to the historic and picturesque southern Italian wine region of Campania. So I adore this region. About five years ago, I was in Campania in the beautiful town of Sorrento, which is on these steep slopes. Well, actually kind of like most of Italy, (laughs) but it's known for its dramatic sea cliffs and sparkling sea in the Amalfi Coast. It has the luscious Capri Islands, for those of you that have never been able to get there, and the iconic Faraglioni rock formations. Fun fact, these were the rocks in the rather risque, sexy Dolce & Gabbana perfume ad, I don't know if any of you remember, from several years ago. Now, I can say I sailed through these rocks on my own private little boat. This place seriously is the place of dreams. However, I have to say, Whilst I sailed through these uh, rocks, I didn't quite have the same romantic experience, sadly. (laughs) Now, to place where we are, Naples is the capital of Campania. And I'll always remember my dad warning me with the famous quote, see Naples and die. Now, he believes it's for the way the Napoleons drive. And after driving out of Naples, (laughs) I can kind of agree. However... The true meaning is based on the region's magnificence and beauty, with which I can truly attest to. Now, to the wines I've been sent. They're from the winery Donna Elvira, and after tasting them, I thought, right, these need to be my winery of the week. Now, there are many top producers to try in Campania. Feude, the San Gregorio, um, Master Berardino, Monte Vitrano being my personal favourites. But after having my first experience with Donna Elvira, I wanted to share them all with you too. So in this episode, I'm going to taste through them all again. Tough times for me, right? <laughs> and talk about this region and the grapes in more detail. So by the end of this episode, you're going to know about the white grapes Fiano, Greco and Falangina. Fiano is famous from the town of Avellino and Greco from Tufo. Both of these are DOCGs, so that's the Denominazione de Origine Controllata, so the highest wine designation in Italy with the strictest regulations and criterias. Then you'll also learn all about the red, the red Aglianico. This is the most famous in the town of Torrasi and so good, this is often referred to as the King of the South. Whilst Barolo, made from the Nebbiolo grape, is the King of the North up in Piemonte. So order yourself some pizza 
Pour a glass of wine and let me tell you a little about this winery, Dona Elvira. So, Dona Elvira is a pretty young winery. They set up in 2010, set up by a British construction business owner called Tony Fink, whose mother was actually from Campania, and not so much of a surprise, she was called, dun dun dun, <laughs> Donna Elvira. So based in a subregion called Irpinia, which is a plateau around 400 to 700 metres above sea level and slightly inland, the seed for this winery was most likely planted 40 years ago when Tony, an ardent beer drinker, I should point out, was handed a glass of the superstar red variety Aglianico. And his trajectory changed from this moment onwards. So having spent 15 years living in Campania and his children were even born there, the dream of a winery is now a reality. So these guys are 100% sustainable. They're made with no pesticides, no herbicides. They're pretty much all hand harvested. And if I'm not wrong, total production is about 40,000 bottles with half of that luckily reaching the UK shore. So thanks, Tony. (laughs) And I guess it's not just me that's impressed with these wines. So earlier this year in the London wine competition, they won three gold medals. So well done, you guys. The judging is based not just on the juice, but also on value for money and packaging. And I have to say the labels are beautiful with gold gold foil and a logo with a golden amphora and then surrounded by Greek mythology uh, which would probably make sense as it was the Greeks that brought across many of the grape varieties that we are now enjoying from Campania. So just to prove it the white grape variety Goreco translates to Greek. So on the label there's definitely a pegasus I can see There's also, I think it's um, Theosis, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, Theosis and the Minotaur fight, that's on there, and well, probably other Greek heroes, I can't quite tell the others. Somebody grab a bottle and then let me know what I'm missing, or Tony, please, put this on your website. (laughs) But the label was designed as a nod to Tony's memories, as a child when taverns would use bottles like this as their candle holders. Love that. Right, let's chat about the wine region now of Campania. So Campania is all about volcanic soils here. To bring history up to help you remember the soils, you've undoubtedly heard about the ancient city Pompeii. This is the one that was buried under volcanic ash after the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, which dates back to 79 AD. And if you don't know much, and you were like me and thought that Jon Snow from Game of Thrones was um, rather sexy, (laughs) he plays the main character in the movie of Pompeii. So you can learn about this and get your feel of Mr. Kit Harrington all at the same time. So, volcanic soils, tick. (laughs) Now going back to history, you already know about the Greek influence. It is one of the oldest Italian wine regions. In fact, it's famous for producing Faleno. Falenian wine was the most famous and well-known wine in ancient Rome. In Pompeii, there was a price list on the wall in some kind of pub. And it said, for one ass, you can drink wine. For two, you can drink the best. For four, you can drink Falenian. 
So this is a wine that was apparently drunk by Julius Caesar. Okay, well, anyway, now you get the point. It was a very good wine coming from this region. So history tick. (laughs) So you can find really good value wine here now, but also it's worth pointing out that there are some really good cult wines to find, like Terra de Lavoro, so that's from the winery Gallardi, or Montevitrano, as I already mentioned earlier. Campania has four DOCG wines, Aglianico de Taberno, Torassi, Fiano de Avellino, and Greco de Tufo. Don't forget, there is a transcript. So you can go to the show notes, click the link, and download the transcript so you can see how everything is spelt. And that'll be super useful. Certainly the fact that they have four DOCGs right now, they're doing something right. But it wasn't always that way. Sadly, even with its long and successful history of the Greeks, the Etruscans, the Romans, the quality of the area went very downhill over the years, including up until the early 20th century. Now, it's only been the last few decades that they've got their mojo back, well, which is kind of like a lot of regions in Italy, but especially those in the South where they've always been behind the North, you know, in terms of economy, industry, and of course, wine. Now, the quality of wines have got better and better over the last 30 odd years, in part to many of the winemakers traveling off and learning the craft of winemaking, especially how to make wines in a hotter climate. Heat is another important component of Campania's terroir. So much sunshine, very mild winters, the summers are very dry and they have a very long growing season so the grapes can get very ripe. But you can describe the climate as like a mountain Mediterranean climate. It still gets 1,300 millimeters of rain in the year and some of the highest amounts of rainfall in the south of Italy. Regions along the coast are more Mediterranean and then more inland where Urpinia is which includes those three DOCGs Fiano d'Avellino, Greco di Tufo and Torassi they're more continental okay so climate tick although each sub-region I might point out does have a more specific mesoclimate but I want this episode to be a bit more of an overview so I will leave it there for now So now is the time to explore if you don't know what this region can offer. So I'm going to start with the white grape variety, Falangina. It's not as serious as the other two main whites, Fiano and Greco, but this is a really easy drinking white. You can think of it like a more flavorful Pinot Grigio, perhaps, a little bit more floral, some blossom, even a little bit of a honey sweetness, and you can get some lovely fresh apple and pear notes. It is a perfect summer wine out in the garden um, for all of us living in Britain. Yeah, maybe 2022 we might actually get that summer (laughs) moving on you won't find much falangina outside of campagna so let's try the donna elvira falangina so they call this one fringila this is a 2019 and it comes from the whole region of irpinia the d-o-c okay nutty and honeyed it reminds me of the turkish desserts what are they called um ah oh, baklava 
Mm, but, hang on, mixing it around, lovely green crisp apples with a real little stoniness and some herbiness too, like like pine. Actually, pine is an aroma that you can often get with phalangina, so look out for that. Mm, okay. Now, on the palette, mm, I get more orange blossom. It's textural. Mm medium bodied there's some salinity mid palette oh and it finishes quite herbal and really quite tangy so when I first tried this it was much more interesting as a wine than I had expected it to be and it's 15 pounds that's it which I think is awesome for something that is so concentrated and it's just not your standard Sauvignon Blanc or, or Pinot Gris. This is something new and shiny. So you can get this and all the wines I'm trying, so that makes things simple, from campagnawines.co.uk. Now this grape in general is great with white fish and even some more kind of textural fishes like scallops. So I'm thinking some pan-seared scallops with a very generous amount of garlic would be awesome with this wine or maybe bear with me some salted cod croquettes with a fennel salad I'm a big big fan of fennel right now and I'm putting it in everything <laughs> but it would go really well with the herbiness of this wine and then that slight salinity that I'm getting mid-palate right so next up is the great variety Fiano this is a floral and kind of spicy grape variety. You're going to find it at its best in the town of Avellino. So remember Fianno, the Avellino is the D-O-C-G. Avellino is found next to the Apennine Mountains with lots of those volcanic soils and limestone and it's a very special mesoclimate. Fiano here is richer and fruity as it has a longer hang time so that gives it more time for the sugars to accumulate in the grapes and there's also really big diurnals between day and night making sure you do get enough acidity. So the grape can also be quite nutty and have quite tropical fruit notes and often like a a waxy texture. So let's try the Fiano de Avellino from Donna Oliveira. They named this one Fink after the family, Tony Fink, and this is a 2019. Oh, I love the nose. It really has that sweetness of fruit. It's got exotic fruits, spices. So I'm getting mango uh passion fruit lacuma there's even some some kiwi god there's so much fruit mm. okay well it smells sweet but it is completely dry and it's full-bodied rich there's these lovely pineapple notes with some orange zest coming through now on the finish a little bit of subtle spice sneaking through and it's like a medium plus acidity. Great concentration, a pretty decent length. Now this is 18 pounds, which for the fruit flavors that you are getting, it's perfect. I'm just trying to work out which one I prefer between the two, I can't tell. The Falangino is fresher and maybe has more texture, but then this has richness and sweeter fruit, so ugh, who knows. Um, this, I can imagine going really well 
with some fried chicken and a mango salsa. Don't know if anyone's getting hungry right now. I did tell you all to get some pizza before we started. <laughs> or maybe this would go with um, richer, fuller flavoured dishes. So, you know, if you want to stay Italian, you could go with some risotto. Or if you're feeling neighbourly, you could pop next door and maybe pair it with a seafood paella. You know, with all those spices and the juicy prawns, a little pulpo. Um, that would be delicious. Right. Now... We're going to go into the last white grape variety that you need to know about when we're talking about Campania. This is Greco. And the best place in which it grows is Tufo. So Greco de Tufo is the DOCG. Now the region Tufo is named after the Tufa soils, which is a very well-draining limestone soil and naturally affects the flavours of the Greco grape. So Greco can have this lovely minerality and a savouriness when it's from the Tufo region. Like Fiano, you get the richness and you get intense fruits, but often with like a fresher, steely, salty kind of texture. So I'm going to pour the Greco de Tufo that Don Elvira has done. They call this the Egidius, and this is a 2019 as well. Now, the nose on this one is the most subtle, less fruity, some some honeysuckle and lime and a little bit of peachiness. Mm. Now, definitely the first thing I noticed when I tasted all three before, this is the most savoury on the palate, but it has some really crisp acidity. Mm. Still quite full-bodied with some apple blossom, that lemon lime coming through along with a little salinity on the finish. It's a little steely too. This is really fresh, the freshest of the three. In fact, if you like Albariño, the white grape variety of Spain in the northwest in Galicia region, that grape variety, Albariño, I think you'll love this one. Um, this, ooh, another cheeky sip, um, is £18 as well. Maybe this could be a favourite wine for me. To be honest, it's that restraint and the complexity that I find so inviting. But, oh, the fruits of the others. Who knows? I think that you will just have to buy all three of them. <laughs> now, for the food pairing, I think... With that kind of savoury vibe and the freshness, I'd like to pair it with sushi. The clean, the freshness of this wine would really work with sushi nigiri. Or maybe a Greek salad. You know, the tanginess of feta cheese. I think it would go really, really lovely. Right, that's the three whites that you needed to know. Now, I happen to have a rosé from Donna Elvira that I've tried. It's delicious. So I'm going to drink it with you now. It's called the Quesada Rosato and it's a 2019 as well. And it's from Irpinia DOC. Of course, like most wine regions, Campania's making rosé wine, the Rosato, as they call it. They're making sparkling wines, sweet wines. This specific rosé is made from the Aglianico grape variety. And it's the first time for me to have a rosé made from this pretty robust red variety. But I'm going to talk about that variety in a moment when I have the last wine. So let's pour this rosé. 
Firstly, I should mention colour, because of course with rosé now, a lot of people are really focused on colour, even though a darker rosé, as an example, doesn't mean it's going to be sweet. It really doesn't. But of course, everyone loves the colour of Provence, right? Well, this one is still very, very pale. It's a slightly pinker shade than you might find in Provence. In Provence, it's Tends to be a little bit more orange, you know, that like onion skin colour. But this is a lovely pale rosé. Mm, medium, medium plus concentration. Lovely red cherries and berries. And there's even like a little orange zest going on on the nose. Mm, my biggest surprise when I first drank this is how big it is. It's a big rosé, full bodied. It's round. It's pretty textural. There's loads of berries and lots of acidity mm. yeah my mouth really is salivating there's also this like orange skin coming through on the palate and even perhaps a, a little touch of tannin really concentrated and again good value at 15 pounds so this one i mean this one just needs to go with a barbecue or maybe a curry perhaps a masala now, on to the final wine. And most importantly, the esteemed red grape variety, Aglianico. So, Campania's red superstar. A big thanks needs to go to the modern day pioneers of Aglianico, and that is the winery Mastro Beredino, whose first vintage in 1928 certainly began the long journey to where these wines are now. So this is a really rich, ripe and full-bodied wine. They are much more focused on the fruity side. If it's not made well, the tannins can be really dry and pretty tough. But with these intense tannins, it's also a wine that can really age. And then with modern winemaking techniques, this means the wines can be drunk a lot younger. Now, Aglianico has lots of black fruits and plums with a little bit of smoke, pepper, or maybe a little bit of earthiness, and it has a very good acid structure. You'll find Aglianico, the main grape variety behind the illustrious Taurasi, DOCG, which is found in the Hilly Avellino region and right in the heart of Urpinia. The other DOCG I mentioned is Aglianico del Taberno, and that's just slightly further north. And there's a DOC called Falerno del Massico. Now, also in the wine region Basilicata, which is just south of Campania, there's a DOCG called Aglianico del Vulture. And these are pretty distinctive wines grown on an inactive volcano, so Mount Volturi. So much to discover. Now, just to touch on Taurasi a little more, as it is the most famous, it has to have at least 85% Aglianico. And if blended, it's very often blended with another local grape variety called Piede Rosso. But I'll leave that there for you guys to investigate on another day. So a standard Taurasi will be aged three years with at least one year in oak barrel. And if you see reserva on the label, it's four years of aging with 18 months in oak. So these are serious wines. The king of the south or the Barolo of the south. Now, as I don't have a Torazzi, although Donna Elvira is soon to release one, I hear, I'm going to try their Sete Masse Aglianico 2018. And this is from the Urpinia region, the DOC.
Oh, delicious. I absolutely loved this one. Mm, think rich, dark fruits, fresh black currant. And there's even like a black cherry jelly because it has this real ripe sweetness to the fruits. And it's mixing with loads of chocolate. And then there's like a real wood fire vibe going on. And, you know, a little bit of sexy cracked plepper in there too. Mm. Full bodied, of course. Smooth and, and surprisingly smooth tannings for this variety. I do know that they whole bunch ferment the grapes, which apparently softens the tannins here. They do less maceration and they pick the grapes in October, which is late, <laughs> very late. So they're picking them at optimum or possibly even past that ripeness. Now I say smooth for this variety. It still is giving me these kind of like tea leaf texture in my mouth. So the tannins, they're still pretty high, but they're ripe and they're textural, you know? Mm, great, juicy, fresh fruits. Mm. All the black cherries they come through with a nice little amount of licorice as well no this is really delicious 18 pounds great price this would be so good with osso buco so i'm thinking you know typical italian classic it's rich and it's intense and it will match the concentration of this wine I'm so happy to have been able to try these wines and now genuinely want to explore the south of Italy more. So hopefully you do too. So all there is left for me to do is leave you with my wine quote of the episode. And I'm pleased to have an excuse to quote the super famous Latin phrase, a proverb that originates from ancient Rome, and you certainly know it. In vino veritas. And this translates to, in wine there is truth. Well, what more do we need to know? So lovely wine friends, thank you for listening. I hope you've learned something new on this episode. Big question, have you subscribed yet? If you haven't, please do it now, like the episode. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please do take a moment to leave a review. In the twisted world of algorithms, <laughs> these little reviews, they do allow the podcast to become way more discoverable. And I'll be very grateful if you are enjoying these episodes that you are able to help me spread the word. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, do share the podcast with your wine-loving friends and the universe thanks you. <laughs> so have a lovely week. Drink some good wine. You deserve it. And until next week's episode, cheers to you.